Well, our bell choir has prepared our hearts with that beautiful song to hear now the beautiful word of today's gospel. And like our first reading, a familiar text, but one to touch our hearts today. And so I invite you as we turn to Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 to stand for the reading of the gospel. And he, Jesus, said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. There he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing and called one of the servants and asked, what, the, are these things, what these things meant? And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf. And because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It's fitting as we come to this third parable of 
Jesus is teaching here in Luke 15 that explain to us just what he means in this explanation point on this most famous parable to remember the introduction that we focused on last week in verses 1 to 3 where Jesus was in many ways being scoffed at by the Pharisees for welcoming sinners. And there we discovered in that introduction it was actually those sinners who drew near to him and to his word. And so after two parables of explaining about God's extravagant grace, he now gives us this one and lets us know just precisely what he means. Considering this text this week, I was thinking about ways that uh, we often act like those found in this parable. I was thinking about virtue signaling. And you know, the, the gift of social media, for example, helps us stay connected with folks we would not otherwise still be in touch with. It can be a beautiful thing. But like every innovation before it, telephone or whatever it may be, turns out we remain human in using it, right? And it allows for us, I think, in a pretty unique way to virtue signal, oftentimes with photos. We do it in very creative and uh, skillful ways. We'll post a picture and show the world, look what I've done. I'm better than you. You didn't do this. You should be like me. Or we do the opposite. We make a post. Look what I've not done. I see you doing it. I haven't. And then there's a third way I was thinking about. There are those, and maybe uh, I'm guilty of it now, of those of us who are judging the virtue signals, right? So whatever category you fall in, uh, we're among them. And that takes us to this parable. For only one is virtuous. And spoiler alert, it's not the older brother and it's not the younger brother. For both, both, did you catch this in Jesus, the master storyteller, and helping us see this? Both were invited to the party. And both, at different points in this parable, rejected it. The younger brother rejected the, the gift first because he wanted to make his own party, right? His way. In fact, he wanted to make his own party so much that he didn't care if his dad was alive or dead. Then, like now, inheritance comes after the one who's giving you the inheritance has died. And so to tell his father that he wants his inheritance, which, by the way, as the younger brother back then would have been a third of the inheritance. Two-thirds would have gone to the eldest sibling. It would be like saying to his father, I just wish you were dead. Give me the money now. Now, the older brother had his own way of rejecting the party. Instead of wanting to make the party his own, he wanted to let us know that he earned it. He deserved it. 
Oh, he wanted his own party as well, but he wanted the world to know that he earned it. And notice, both the older and the younger brother cut out their relationship with the father for the sake of the goods that they want. Both miss out at first. But like the introduction in the first few verses of chapter 15, who finally comes to the party? Who draws near to the, the word? The one who realizes he is a sinner. The one who is, is a Jew feeding the pigs in constant state of being an outcast. Hungry and needy. And so he rehearses what he's going to say to his father. No way will he presume to be considered a son anymore, but maybe he'll treat me like a servant. Have you ever done that? Have you ever rehearsed what you were going to say over and over again before you uh, brought that critical thing to someone? And before he can barely get the words out, the father cuts him off. And it gets kind of awkward if you understand the Greek tense. It's kind of like over and over again when he embraces him by the neck and kisses him. It's like the kisses keep going. The, the younger son wants to be called a servant and the father will have none of it. He will only treat him like a son. The older brother hears about it, right? Right? We know what happens. He gets mad. But notice what, just as the father in the younger brother's case, when the son was far off, the father comes running. I recall a song in the 1980s by Benny Hester called When God Ran. God ran after the younger brother, when he was yet still far off. And when the son, the older brother, wouldn't come in, notice what it says in verse 28. There too, the father goes after him. He goes to him. All that is mine is yours. Come to the party. Notice we see this pattern repeated in each of the three parables. When the the sinner repents when the lost is found. It's time to celebrate. This is great news. But as Edmund Clowney will point out, the, the bitter son, the bitter older brother, is farther from home than in the field. And farther from home in that field than the Younger brother, the prodigal, was in the pig pen. He refuses. Or at least, that's where the story ends. Meanwhile, we're reminded in this text that only one is virtuous among those virtue signalers. And it's our Heavenly Father. And notice what the father does. It's a little crazy. In verse 12, and we're going to come back to this verse a few times this morning. He divides his property 
Not to one, but to them, both the older and the younger brother. To them. And the word for uh, that property or that giving of what he has there is beyond in Greek. And one of the words that's sometimes translated for daily life. So what does the Father, what does our Heavenly Father offer His children? His very life. His life is divided among them. So on this side of heaven, we are reminded that we are all in need of His grace, of a God who comes running after us. He comes to the younger brother. He comes to the older brother. He goes and finds the lost sheep. He's like the woman sweeping the floor to find the lost coin. God is running to you today. Have you received this gift? Are you refusing to come to the party? Have you shared this gift with others? Isn't it interesting? I like how scholar Fred Craddock points out that even the names of these parables we speak of in the negative, right? Jesus didn't title them like this. The lost sheep, when really it's a story about the found sheep, right? The lost coin, when really it's a story about the found coin or the prodigal son when really it's about a loving father these parables though we often look at the negative they're really about the gospel now as we heard in first john and as we say each week in our liturgy yes we need the law to show us our need for the gospel wrong is wrong And right is right. And as the prophet Isaiah will remind us and tells us that this will happen and it has, when the world calls right wrong, maybe maybe just maybe like the older brother, or wrong right, maybe like the younger brother, they are saying, we are saying, we don't need the Father, we don't need the Gospel. But Craddock will continue to point out, don't let us miss the diamond for the black, dark, velvet backdrop. Let's not focus on the backdrop. Let's focus on the gem in this parable. The gospel is the diamond. This is a God running towards you. And whether you, on this side of heaven, have had a good father or a not-so-good father, or maybe you're like me, uh, fathers in your life have been complicated, right? We have a good, good, heavenly father. A good, good, heavenly father who comes after you. A good witness for that, I think, are our veterans. And that age-old Slogan that many live by, the leave no man behind. You know what I've noticed uh, in that statement? I've never heard any like subsections, except for, right? 
No. No exception. During the war in Vietnam, Army Lieutenant Daniel Dawson's reconnaissance plane went down. He went down over the Viet Cong jungle. And when his brother Donald heard about this report, he sold just about everything he had. And except for giving a few dollars to his wife, he purchased his way to Vietnam and equipped himself with soldiers' gear and flyers written in Vietnamese with pictures of his brother. And he went throughout the guerrilla-controlled jungle looking for his brother, carrying these leaflets and pictures. And he became known as the brother of the pilot. A Life magazine reporter would describe his perilous search. Friends, this is the kind of older brother that God wants for us. Wants for us to welcome others in. But the truth is, we have this older brother and his name is Jesus. He points us and brings us to this good, good father. In baptism, God spares no expense. He comes after us. He invites us then and commissions us in that gift to invite others to join the party. God's grace in these parables is extravagant. Let's listen to Craddock again who points out that there is a condition worse than death as we hear in these parables and it's to be lost. And there is a condition better than life and it is to be found. So let us repent and come home. Young brothers or young sisters, let us repent and come home older brothers or older sisters, or maybe you're like me and a bit of both, come home. Remember the Father is running. Pastor Timothy Keller in his book on the prodigal tells us that that word prodigal doesn't just mean wayward as we often think of it in English. But according to Webster's Dictionary, It also means recklessly spend thrift, or it can mean spend until you have nothing left. Remember verse 12 again? What did our Heavenly Father do in this parable? He spent everything He had. He gave His very life for His sons and daughters. And He did that on the cross. We have a prodigal God who is, spends until there's nothing left to bring us home and then to celebrate with a great and grand party. He calls us sons and daughters. Jesus has done this for you. Come home. God is running towards you. Invite others to this party. For Jesus has done this, and it is for you. Amen.